Live from Southern California. California. It's the Slightly Serious Show. The Slightly Serious Show. The furthest thing from serious. And now, here is your host, Slightly, along with co-host Eric from Georgia. All right, everybody, welcome to the Slightly Serious Show. It is Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. Welcome to the show. I appreciate everybody joining us live. A couple minutes uh, behind schedule, but, you know, things happen. I mean, not much happens out of uh, Washington, D.C., but, uh, you know. Tonight, we're going to take somewhat of a break about uh, all of our wonderful, you know, politics out of D.C. and all of that. But uh, we do have a special guest with us. Uh, coming to us uh, from the from Michigan, actually, uh, a gentleman that's been uh, a meteorologist for over three decades, and uh, of recent he was terminated from his job. And uh, tonight, I want to welcome in Mr. Eric Bonick. How are you tonight, uh, Eric? Carl. Ca- or, I'm sorry, Carl. I'm sorry, Carl. <laughs> uh, I get producer Eric in my head so much it uh, it uh, screws with me sometimes. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine under the circumstances. Yeah, I apologize about the, I guess we were trying to do the Zoom and, you know, technological errors happen all the time. And so I do apologize for that. Oh, no problem. How's your afternoon, evening, Ben? Well, I'm adjusting to uh, unemployment uh, at the present time. So it's going okay. So, you know, many Americans uh, have uh, recently suffered uh, an economic loss or a job loss, uh, but it, this has nothing to do with your performance at work. I mean, from what I've read, you've been employed by this uh, same television station for over 33 years. Yes. And why all yes, of a sudden? I started, the- I started on April the 25th, 1988, and uh, I was through on September the 15th, 2021. Unbelievable. And, uh, you know, as, as I had just previously said, this uh, termination uh, has nothing to do with your job performance. Uh, you if you yeah. want to let our audience know uh, how this came about. Well, I work for uh, a local TV station here, and they are owned by Gray Television, 162 affiliates across the country. And uh, on August the 16th, I got an email. It was a company email that we had to take the vaccine, which I call the experimental synthetic gene therapy treatment, or we'd be terminated. And uh, there was no way I was going to take it. And uh, I had a couple of conversations with my uh, GM, and uh, I know where he stands, though he couldn't admit uh, to that because, of course, he wants to keep his job. So. Um, basically we were done and, uh, I was terminated as of, uh, the 15th of September. Now, are you, are you one of the only ones that have refused to take, I, I, you have a fantastic name for this, the gene therapy, uh, experimental, I just call it the shot. It's much more simpler, <laughs> but right, right. are you the only one, uh, at the, uh, network that has refused to uh, take this shot? No, actually, uh, the female uh, six and seven o'clock anchor, she resigned. Okay. And the 10 and 11 o'clock female anchor also resigned. And yes. And, and from what I was reading in a few articles, because I did skim over a few articles regarding all of this, 
Now, it seems to me only the top echelon of employees from the station are required to get this vaccine, or is this a, a mandate uh, like company? No, it's a, it's a mandate. And get this, even to enter the building, if you are the vendor who brings in the Coca-Cola, you have to be fully vaccinated or you can't get in. And did they give you guys an option at least to do tests uh, in, in lieu of? No, no option. It was just get the shot or you're done. Now, how would you feel, Carl, if if your employer gave you that option? Do you think that would be a, comp- a, a decent compromise for Americans? Uh, you know, I... I would have, I, let's put it this way. I'm through with the COVID cult BS, you know, and and I would have done it to stay on because I I have a contract. I'm, I'm getting close to retirement, but I still had a year and a half to go a full-time employment. And we were talking about me staying on afterwards in in a part-time basis, but I I would have probably done it um, if I could have been tested. And if I wouldn't have been ostracized by the rest of my uh, fellow employees, because I've heard that that's happened in some situations where you walk into uh, the lunchroom and uh, everybody stops talking and you're like uh, the uh, the unclean one and they stop talking and ignore you. And I've heard that's happened even even up here in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Oh, yeah. And, and we, you know, we broadcast live out of Southern California and it's one of those things to where, you know, they, you're looked like you're looked down upon. Oh, you're one of those. Right. Right. uh, So, I mean, I think people know me and they know where I stand at the station. This is a small market station. Um, You know, we're like 180th out of uh, 200 and whatever it is across the country. So, uh, but at the same time, I, I probably would have done it, um, and I would not resign. In fact, in fact, uh, what they wanted me to do was uh, basically retire, and it would have been, oh, well, let's celebrate Carl Bonac. It's 33 and a half years here at the station, show my old videos when I first started and so on. Well, I said, no way. I'm not going to continue this lie. The first lie was, Two weeks to flatten the curve. Remember that? Yes, I do. Yes. And and then it's been lie after lie after lie. Oh, masks uh, don't work. Oh, no, now they do. Now you have to wear two masks. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I said I'm not going to keep this this lie going. Now, Carl, I have a couple questions for you. And it primarily has to do, I mean, obviously, you, I'm sure you over the years being at the station, you've developed relationships with your with other of the, you know, the, the main anchors of the uh, news. Sure. And, you know, a lot of us that don't have that inside uh, into, you know, viewing how the, you know, as I call them, the liberal media, how they like to spin things, how they like to stay on message. Sure. I mean, is there a lot of like, you know, are some of your anchors being told, hey, stay away from, don't be talking about this, stay on point with, you know, this is. This is the, the I mean, it, it's always the way, let, let's put it this way. Uh, through the years, I've noticed we do not um, piss off uh, the advertisers. This is a small market and there's there's huge advertisers. For instance, the hospital is a big advertiser. We have uh, the Iron Mine, Cleveland Cliffs. We have some of the huge advertisers. We're not, we're not going to do investigative reports on, on these 
particular uh, entities because they provide the bulk of advertising uh, to keep us going. So that being said, there, there's no that you have to stay on point. All we do basically is parrot what the mainstream media, we have sources. The sources were CNN, uh, Fox, because we have a Fox affiliate, and NBC. And that's basically how it operated at the TV station. But it's most it's uh, more more or less it's very important though to make sure that you don't upset any of the advertisers and uh, exactly. you know that's exactly and that's that's just you know that's the way things go especially in a small market if you were in a huge market I'm sure you wouldn't have to worry about because there's so many options to choose from but in a small market like this uh, you got to watch what you do when when COVID first came onto the scene uh, last year and uh, it was starting yes. to be reported. And you heard about, oh, it's, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve. What were your initial yeah. thoughts? I mean, d did you really believe that the health officials like Dr. Fauci and all that, they really knew what they were talking about? No, I did. In fact, my wife, who's an artist and she comes in contact with a lot of uh, left-leaning people, uh, she was really apolitical. Okay. But as soon as I got home the night, it was like March 16th or so. Uh, I think that's when the big lockdown started here where you couldn't even leave the house, you know, for a while. Uh, she goes, something's not right here. And she started studying and looking at stuff. And she started showing me stuff that I have never even looked at before. And she became a rabid uh, patriot. And it's like, come on, we're going to lose our freedom here if we don't stand up and say something. And of course, I'm not going to say anything on the air, but they knew how I felt at the station. And do, do you think if you felt any differently, the mandates not might not be imposed on, on uh, you and the rest of the crew? Or No, no, no. This is corporate media and there's, there's no exceptions. You follow the rules here or else, you know, that's the way it goes. It's almost, well, if you're, if you're in an organization like the military, you do what they say. And in a sense, all I'm saying in a sense, this is, this is a corporate America. It's one size fits all. You follow the rules or you're done. Now, Carl, do you, th do you think it's uh, corporate world or do you think it's liberal media uh, kissing up? To the Biden administration and and the liberal. Oh, I, I think I think it was certainly they they were ahead of the curve because Biden's uh, disgusting speech on September the 9th when he came down with the vax mandates and all this all this stuff. Uh, this happened. We got the email on August 16th. So I I think it was uh, this corporation getting out ahead of it because they knew what was coming down the pike. Right. And if uh, you're just joining us, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking and speaking with uh, Carl Bonak, a uh, gentleman who had uh, spent 33 years at a local uh, television station as the meteorologist, who was recently fired for not uh, adopting to the mandates set forth by his company and uh, just kind of getting his views on COVID-19 and whatnot. Uh, Carl, what, what do you how did you get into, you know, let's go back to how, what sparked, you know, I read that it was your dream to be a meteorologist. Right. Oh, I mean, when I, when I was a kid, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, I it, pe people I know who are really weather fanatics and become not a lot of them, but some of them anyway. I met through through the years. Uh, they either are into like severe thunderstorms or snowstorms. And myself, I was a snow freak when I was a kid, 
And we didn't get that many snowstorms in Milwaukee. We average about four feet of snow a, a winter. And there were a lot of disappointments. Most of the storms would head to the north of us and we wouldn't get them. But uh, so that was my lifelong interest. And I went to school and I wasn't very good at math. And that was my problem. So I went into broadcasting, first of all, radio specifically. And uh, my first job was in Claremont, New Hampshire. And I went out east because I wanted to see the big nor'easters roar up the east coast. And uh, I ended up back in the Midwest and I lost a job in radio. So I decided to go back to school for meteorology. And uh, because I had experience in radio, I got hired to do uh, weather on the weekends at the affiliate uh, WISC in Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, I completed the equivalent of a meteorology degree. Then I got a job in the uh, town I grew up in, Milwaukee, uh, WTMJ. I was there for a little over three years. And then this job became open up here in the Upper Peninsula. I had a friend working in radio up here who uh, gave me the word that this job was open. I got it, and the rest is history. I've been up here uh, for 33 and a half years. That's amazing. Uh, one thing is that is amazing is a lot of people out there, uh, you know, they, they have a dream job and a lot of people, you know, uh, would be in a spot they would love to be in the position that you were in uh, as far as obtaining that job. I, you know what? I, I was really fortunate. And that's what I, I wrote in my, uh, I, like, Luke Eriks, I'm the luckiest guy in the whole world because I got to do what I've always wanted to do. You know, very few people get to achieve that. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. and. I am still on radio up here um, at several stations, so it's not like I'm not doing anything, but uh, okay. the TV gig, the, the big paying gig, at least for me, is gone. Right. Yeah, no, and, and I'm sure not, you know, not only it just being a paying gig being gone, but uh, you know, the loss of seeing your colleagues, and I'm sure you've developed a lot of friendships over those years. And, oh, yeah. yeah that has to, have. That has to hurt. I, I have to say there's only – a couple of people there that I can really truly say are friends. And that's things, things have changed. It used to be just fun uh, working at the station. I mean, we had Christmas parties and this and that and that, but the culture has changed. And I, I think it has to do a little bit with uh, society in general. Over the three decades that you were there, uh, you, you speak of change and how it has evolved over the time. Have you, do you believe that politics is, plays into part of, into any of that? I, I think in, in, a, in a way, for instance, I have a very good friend who was fired back in, uh, in July. Um, there, there was an HR issue and uh, he, he wasn't, he wasn't a saint by any means, but it was blown way out of proportion. And uh, he ended up, one of the anchors ended up uh, basically having a fight with him and she knew that if she reported him because he had already had a flag that he would lose, he would lose his gig. And he did, he was fired. And you know, that really soured me on the place. Well, you, well, you so, know, uh, Carl, yeah. I, I do have, uh, you know, I might have, I might be able to make a position open for you as uh, for a meteorologist here in San Diego, right. just so you know. <laughs> and the, re the reason I say that, I don't know. Do you know a, a gal by the name of Dagar Dagmar Midcap? No, no, I, I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, she's a, a local meteorologist here at NBC 739, and uh, she's a neighbor of ours, and uh, she did okay. some some crazy crap, like 
peeping over into our property and then getting into the face of my husband. And I, ha- I haven't shown her company the, the footage and all that yet, but you know, I, I have a feeling that uh, our company wouldn't like that. But anyway, mm-hmm. you, you haven't done any of that, I hope, <laughs> for the years. No, no. <laughs> so what are the future plans for you, Carl? Uh, do you plan on continuing to do the radio, look for other gigs, uh, wait for COVID-19 to be over and maybe possibly go back to the station? Or do you think you'd even be welcome back? I, I, there's no way I'm going back to the station. And, and is COVID ever going to be over? It's, it's endemic. It's not a pandemic. It's endemic. It's here. And they're going to keep using it to, uh, to, to their advantage to keep control of us and keep us in fear. That's my prediction anyway. Yeah, I agree. I, I've been telling our listeners that uh, COVID-19 will be with us throughout our lifetime. It'll basically end up becoming what is known now as the common, you know, annual flu, and you'll get your annual COVID shot, as what I predict happening. Uh, I don't think it'll continue, continuously be something to where it's mandatory. I don't think it should be mandatory. I think, like we've told our listeners, Get all the knowledge you want from your doctors, medical professionals, and if you feel that it's best for you, by all means, go out and get it. But at the same time, nobody on this earth should be able to tell you that you or mandate you to put anything inside your body. Do you kind of feel the same way? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Is that in, the premise? In fact, the way I look at it, this mandate is a violation of the Nuremberg Code of 1947, which was set up after the Nuremberg trials, um, where the doctors like uh, Joseph Mengele um, injected uh, uh, poison into the veins of uh, the Jews and and other people that they considered uh, inferior. And it's outrageous. It it is absolutely outrageous. This is a violation of basic human rights, the way I look at it. And and I I know there's a lot of people out there that feel the same exact way that but you have a lot of Americans thinking to themselves, yeah, we agree, but what do we do about this? You know, I don't know. All I can say is we are um, here in the Upper Peninsula. There are a number of groups. One of them, Stand Up for Michigan. There's another, uh, and Stand Up for Michigan is involved with medical freedom. Uh, it, You know, we have to start standing up and just saying enough. We're not talking about riding, but it's got to be massive, like what's going on in France. Apparently in France, there's people that are actually burning their uh, vaccine passport cards because they say enough. This is my body. This is my choice. And I agree with that 100%. And, and that's one thing that kind of strikes you. You talk, uh, talk about people burning their vaccine cards and stuff like that. And, you know, we, we somewhat joke around about, you know, how last summer, you know, the BLM and all their quote unquote peaceful protests. Now, if right. you had the same people as I rate as that group, do you think the government would be as pushy as they are with this thing? Or if we had people streaming the streets of America, kind of like BLM and the rest of the, the wackos, do you think uh, anything would be different? I, you know what, I'm... I'm rather frightened, to be honest with you, about this whole thing. Uh, in some ways, I regret uh, one way. Only one way is that I'm now um, outed as uh, a, a person who did not take this vax. So when I go into a local business, they know they have the uh, signs up there. Uh, if you are unvaccinated, you must wear a mask. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that. We're, we're with a, a group of people, and, and this group is growing, of 
people who feel the same way. And there's a lot of people, not a lot, but a few that have been brave to just go into a store and not wear a mask and say, even back when it was mandatory that everybody wore a mask, they wouldn't wear them. And I, I consider them very brave. I myself uh, wore a bandana, you know, and it kind of came down around my nose. And then when I was in the aisle and there was nobody around, I'd pull it down. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm afraid that they're going after us because we're domestic terrorists. And that's the line that we're hearing. Haven't you heard that? I have heard domestic terrorists. And I think that's sad. I mean, I, it's, and the thing that I throw out there most of the time, right? For those people saying, blaming all of the unvaccinated. Oh, it's the unvaccinated people's fault. Well, wait a minute. Hold on, folks. If you're telling me right well, now that people that have been vaccinated are still contracting COVID-19, what the hell is the difference? You can't blame one or the other. Right. The fact um, of the matter is. I have a, a, a friend when I, was a, when I was at TMJ in Milwaukee, he was an intern. And then he got into the National Weather Service. And he's been at the Milwaukee office for 25 years. Anyway, uh, there were frequently asked questions that were sent by NOAA because they have to, of course, get vaccinated. And here's the question. Will I still need to wear a mask after I receive the vaccine? Answer, yes, the vaccine is designed to lessen any symptoms and prevent serious illness. If you contract COVID-19, but it does not prevent you from contracting it or spreading it. So in other words, why should I get this vaccine if it doesn't protect me or you and uh, we're still we're still possibly going to get it and we can still transmit it? What benefit does this vaccine have? Right. And the other thing I go to is, look, if you've been vaccinated, what concern do you have if I've been vaccinated or not? Exactly. It's, it doesn't make any sense at all. But all this has been engineered and, and uh, through, of course, the media uh, to get this argument going that you need to get vaccinated to protect everyone else. All this vaccine actually does. And this, ans this answer was it just protects you from serious illness. So that's my choice. Or I want to be protected from serious illness or not. What business is it of yours? Right. And, and, you know, you talk about severe illness. I mean, less than 1% have passed away from COVID-19. Exactly. It's, it's basically affects the elderly population that are frail and have immunocompromised conditions. And of course, those who are obese and have other comorbidities like uh, heart disease, diabetes, etc. Now, you know, you see a lot of, like you were uh, talking earlier about, you have a lot of uh, privatized businesses now, uh, bars, restaurants, uh, mandating that the, their, their clientele that are coming in be, you know, be vaccinated or they're, they're not welcome. I'm a small business owner myself. Uh, to, to other businesses that want to impose such restrictions, I don't agree with them. I don't think it's the right business decision. But at the yes. same time, I do somewhat agree that they have that right if they want to impose such restrictions. Right. You know, I'll, I'll stay out of your business then if you, if you as a private entity want to do that. But why would you want to do that? In fact, I, I just saw, I think it was on a, a Zero Hedge or Gateway Pundit, the, uh, the CEO of uh, American Airlines has 
uh, asked the Biden administration to not impose vaccine passports uh, on his industry. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like I think he knows that there's a, a lot of uh, people who will not get vaxxed and who will not fly. And that's going to hurt his business, which has already been uh, killed because of uh, all this this uh, goings on. No, I agree with that. And the, uh, the other thing that I think of, even though a private business may want to enforce such restrictions, at the end of the day, I don't believe it's anybody, including the government's business, what I have in my body or not. Oh, I'm, exactly. That's exactly what I agree with. And I think a lot of people do because I've uh, here here in the Upper Peninsula before um, before this all happened, I had nearly 5000 friends on Facebook. And so I was when I would add friends, I'd get a message that, oh, you're reaching your 5000 limits. Well, since I uh, did my Facebook post, I have <laughs> had. 1200 new friend requests and it's so it's it's just amazing and and some of these people will tell me you know i've been vaxxed but i believe in uh, freedom of choice and that's that was my that was basically the gist of my post it's it's freedom of choice it's liberty which is going down the drain here in america and we've got to do something or else we're going to lose it for good yeah, I agree with that. I mean, everyone's focused on the 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 one thing as far as COVID nineteen vaccines, but they're, what they're not realizing is the bigger picture, and that is every single day as time passes on, each and every single one of us is losing our freedoms and liberties slowly but surely. Uh, and this is not a right or left issue, and 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 we're what we're trying to do here with with uh, Stand Up Michigan is to bring together those who lean right or lean left, and. It's all about freedom and liberty, and that's that's the key here. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Naomi Wolf. Uh, she is she was a, a an aide in the Clinton administration, so she's certainly not a, a right wing nut job. Right, and uh, she has written a book. It, it was back in like '07. It was uh, the end of America, and she had ten steps to. Uh, um, total fascism. And she says now that we are at step 10, which is the the suspension of the rule of law. And of course, and in fact, here, let me just read a little quote she said um, in her book. As I've often pointed out, democracies don't close arithmetically, but geometrically. That is, there's a slow slide during which citizens can indeed turn events in another direction using democracy itself. But then in the playbook of fascism, there will be a sudden coordinated shock, COVID-19, right? After which no return is possible. History shows it's extraordinarily difficult for a nation or people to retrieve a collapsed democratic civil society that recently had a rule of law. Even then, bloodshed, arrest, suppression, anguish are the future, often for years or generations. Pretty scary stuff. That is very scary, and uh, I mean, let let that sink in, folks. I mean, if you know, you listen to us every single day, uh, five times a week, six thirty p.m. Pacific time, and we we continue to tell you how how bad things are getting, and how you and everyone else in this country, slowly but surely, losing your freedoms and liberties, 
Meanwhile, the criminals, as you see, governments all across the United States letting criminals out of jail, allowing illegal immigration left and right. It's it might get to the point here in the near future where it's we're too far down the road to where we cannot turn back. And that's what scares me the most. And uh, we're going to take a short time out. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, I think we might have lost Carl, so hopefully he can call right back in. You're listening to The Slightly Serious Show on a Wednesday. You've been listening to The Slightly Serious Podcast. If you haven't laughed, been offended, or engaged, then turn up the damn volume. Be sure to follow and catch us right at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. All right. We, welcome back to the show. We uh, are talking with Carl Bonick, a uh, gentleman who's been a meteorologist for over 33 years, who uh, recently has been uh, left unemployed by his television station over not uh, getting the COVID vaccination. And uh, we're talking about his journey through, you know, his career and uh, where he's headed. And we just left off about all the tyranny and how the end, you know, the end of liberties and freedoms are coming soon, unless something happens in this country. Um, Over the uh, three decades of experience that you've had, Carl. Yes. The, the, the government, their influence in media, how it's taken, how it seemingly is taking over the media to where it seems like no matter what news station, whether it be Fox News, Fox, uh, CBS, MSLSD, as I like to call it, <laughs> it seems as though they're just an echo chamber for our government now. It's, it seems that way, except course, when Trump was in office, then it was uh, attack Trump uh, nonstop. Uh, now, things are so outrageous with uh, Sleepy Joe that uh, the reporters are actually starting to uh, protest. Before that, it was always attack Trump every day, no matter what he said. Some of the outrageous stuff that Biden has said, can you imagine what would happen? How about, how about uh, uh, his son, Hunter? Uh, if Eric Trump was doing something like uh, Hunter did, I, it's just amazing how much they cover uh, for this administration or how much they have covered. But they can't cover too much longer because this is it's just incredible how our standing in the world has gone down. And I don't believe that this is just incompetence. I, I think it's a coordinated attack to bring down America's standing in the world which then will lead to uh, the Great Reset, which will then lead to global uh, technocracy and uh, will become digital slaves. That, that's, that's the end game. And of course, I can bring that up now, but I, like for instance, tomorrow I'm, I'm going to be doing a local PBS uh, television uh, interview. And if I bring up that sort of thing, it's like those people think I, those people would think that I'm you know running around with the tin tinfoil hat. Well, but well, you know what, Derek? Not, you know what, Carl? Yeah. They'll put you back in the Trump category. Like, oh yeah, we don't need to talk with him anymore. <laughs> of course, of course. And but how many how many of these things that seem to be a wacko conspiracy, like like this? Uh, my 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 G, former GM at the local TV station here. Uh, we have talked before and. Uh, I, I even said to him when we had a sit down meeting and he was asking me, what are you, what are you going to do? And, uh, I said, can you believe that when we were outside, uh, uh, talking that all of a sudden you would be several years later telling me that unless I get this injection, I'm going to lose my job. It, it would have seemed so absurd. 
But yeah, you would, that's you, where we were yeah, at. If you were to say that, say two years ago, that you know what, there's going to be a big, big uh, virus that's floating around, flu-like virus, and the government's going to tell you that no matter what, you have to take this. People would say you're nuts, right? So that's why when when you hear conspiracy theories now, um, geez, they're they're coming true. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, not too far off now, right? Right. <laughs> The um, the other thing I was going to uh, do, you plan on writing any books in your future? I well, I, I wrote one uh, one book on my own. Uh, it's called So Cold the Sky, Upper Michigan Weather Stories. And, and it was a regional bestseller and uh, it's still being sold. It's on Amazon. And believe it or not, uh, I've just got a pretty big order because I think of what's going on now. Sure. And then I, I co-wrote uh, another book, Michigan's Upper Peninsula Almanac with a uh, radio personality downstate, Ron Jolly. And my last book uh, recently was uh, Sunburns to Snowstorms, Upper Michigan uh, Weather Stories and Pictures. So uh, I've done three books and uh, I'd, I'd like to do another one. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. One of the yeah. one of the things that uh, I was thinking about, right? In my opinion, like here in San Diego, mm. the weather doesn't change. It's always sunny. Of course, it's always sunny. So, it, does a news station really need a meteorologist in Southern California? <laughs> probably, probably not. You know, you could get by. What was the L.A. story? Steve Martin wasn't he the uh, he was the weatherman in L.A. story, and he would uh, uh, record his weather shows like a week in advance and. Because it never rained. It never, never changed. Now, in throughout your career, 30, 33 years. Yeah. What percentage would you say you were, you were uh, quite a bit off on your forecasts? Oh, there was, there were some big time uh, losses. Let's put it that way. Not, not that many, but there was one that I remember. It was probably, oh, I think before the, before my first book came out, which was 06. It was probably back in about 2003 or so. I had predicted just flurries overnight. And in this local area, we had 13 inches of snow. Oh, wow. And I have a buddy who, uh, who drives for the road commission, the plow for the road commission. He came and picked me up. And I, was on, I went on his route for that morning into the early afternoon before I had to go into work. And then he took me over to the uh, yard and I had to walk in and and uh, see everybody in there. Yeah, okay, that was a great <laughs> forecast, Carl. But you know what? The people up here uh, have have been really kind, you know. And and I I get razzed. And like if if I could have a dollar for uh, some of the yahoos that have said, "Oh yeah, you can be wrong fifty percent of the time and still get paid," right? I've I've heard that quite a few times. But it goes along with the territory, you know. What has been the response? By the, your, because you have you know thirty years, you have loyal people that I'm sure tune in to see your segment uh, on the news. What what is well? The reaction? I've had I have just had a I've had so many messages and I've gotten into conversations on Facebook with some of them. One gentleman has just uh, he wants to throw a party for me. There's one there's one going on in a place called Nema where uh, it's going to be on uh, October the 16th, and another one now. That's going to be on November 6th in another town in the Upper Peninsula. And he just wanted to know, he asked me my status. Am I still fired? And I said, yes, I'm still fired. There's no way that I'm going back. He is canceling. Apparently, he has a business 
he's canceled his advertising with the station. Oh wow! And so, so there's so that, there's that, that, out- that's happened. So there's an outpouring of uh, support for you, uh, and and oh yeah, they're they're printing up shirts. I stand with Carl. That is awesome. That's amazing. And uh, yeah. you know, it's I I don't I don't agree with these uh, business decisions that employers are making whatsoever. Like I said, it's one of those things yeah. to where. If people don't feel comfortable, then don't. You have every right not to show up. If you exactly, if you're that scared, every single day that we wake up and leave the comfort of our home, we take risks every single day of our life. When we get into our cars to go jump on the freeway, we're taking a risk of possibly dying in a car accident. Exactly. And so, with these employers and stuff like that, I just have a hard time understanding the principle. And I think. When it all originated, when I hear the administration come out and say, well, we can't really impose mandates, but, uh, you know, employers can do. It sounds like the, you know, the administration is counting on privatized business to do their dirty work for them. Of course. And they, they even wasn't there even uh, some uh, threat that uh, they would uh, there's there was some penalty that they were talking about. And of course, I heard uh, it was Dershowitz, the, the defense lawyer. He said. Okay, Biden can impose mandates, but only Congress can impose penalties and punishment. So, in other words, it would have to go to uh, Congress and they'd have to be able to uh, actually impose the penalties and punishment. So, okay, there's there's a mandate and it's coming through. And of course, my penalty is I lost my job. That's a big penalty. And you know what? We'll see what happens. If there's if there's a class action lawsuit, I will certainly join it. Yeah, I, I, I think there will be a lot of litigation. Uh, there will be a lot of lawsuits that are going to be filed uh, up in regards to this. Um, it's not an issue that's going away anytime soon. Uh, it's, affecting, no. it's affecting hundreds of thousands of uh, Americans throughout this country. Oh. Now, can you imagine what, what's going to happen now? Once the flu season hits, and of course, there was there was only like a thousand flu cases this year. Normally, there's 20 million. But and then you get some of these ridiculous statements like, oh, it was because we wore masks that there was only a thousand. Come on. You've got to be a, excuse my language, dumbass to believe that BS. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100 percent. And, you know, it's funny. I did a story, you know, and basically it was a 12 minute little spot on YouTube and it it was in in regards to mass. And uh, it was basically I was reading verbatim the science, you know, the the uh, the studies that were done by scientists and saying how mass with with airborne uh, viruses and stuff like that, mass are. Maybe maximum ten eh, percent effective because it'll catch the large droplets, but all the little ones they're just going to get inside no matter what. And right. immediately within twenty four hours, banned from YouTube. Like <laughs> they're saying that it was you know fake you know basically fake news misinformation as, as they called it. I'm like that's quite interesting since this is directly from a scientific you know from scientists uh, doing studies. Uh, exactly. You know. Well, and then you have. You have uh, people that I just watched a, a program recently. It was from frontline doctors, Ryan Cole of Mayo Clinic. He went through and showed the uh, uh, photos on the left-hand side of uh, normal blood and then right-hand side, an autopsy with the blood out of a victim. 
clotted blood. And then he, sh he showed all the organs that were clotted and looked, you know, you could actually see it. A layman could see the stark difference looking at the normal left-hand side and the right-hand side. Uh, you know, those, those never get uh, any mainstream coverage. And he would, he would be knocked off of YouTube if, if, if he uh, showed that. I think I watched it on BitChute or something like that. Well, my, my other question is, I know there's countless people that have taken these vaccines. And, yeah. you know, there's a good Friends number. Friends of mine and family members, unfortunately. And there is a good amount. I mean, it's not a plethora of them, but I think a sizable amount of people that have rea had reactions to these shots. Not one time. It, and like I said, I don't watch my, you know, mainstream uh, local news networks and all that all the time. But I have not seen one single person that has had side effects from these shots given been given any coverage on the, the nightly news. Of course not. Here, here's a now now that the, the people here in town know me, I had a nurse come up to me on Saturday and she goes, "You can't t mention my name," uh, and I, which I won, of course. But she has worked at the regional hospital here in Marquette for twenty years, and she says that. See, this has never happened before. All these uh, uh, people, patients are coming in with blood clot issues, blood clot. Then every time the, uh, somebody gets a stroke, it's announced over the PA. And she said she's never seen anything like it, that there's stroke after stroke after stroke. And it's the clot shot. That's what it is. It's starting. It's starting. We have a friend, a good friend who was immunocompromised. She all of a sudden suddenly died. There was nothing they could do for her. They had to take her off. She she ended up uh, contracting hepatitis. And of course, you can't connect this because it's 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 months later. And that here's what they uh, this is what I think they want to eliminate the control group, us, the unvaccinated, because they don't want to see the comparison that people will actually start seeing. Oh, it's the unvaxxed that are coming out of this. You've, you've seen the Israel uh, study where it was the vaccinated that are having the worst outcomes that are, that are really getting infected. Is it the spike proteins and, and the, and the toxins? Who knows? Yeah. I, but, have, I have heard reports that, that are saying, obviously not here in the United States because they don't want you to know this, but there are reports course, that people that are vaccinated are more likely to contract COVID-19 than the unvaccinated. But exactly. it's, it's hard to prove that because it's, it's hard to prove it. You have it's hard to prove you it. have uh, the news media, you have your government here in the United States that, uh, you know, they're going to only want you to see what they'd like to show you. Speaking of, speaking of which, that kind of transitions to me to last November and uh, the presidential election. Uh, in your opinion, how do you think that went? I think it was a sham. Sleepy Joe got 81 million votes. Come on. And, and you know, and, and we had we had an unfortunate situation in the state. Come on, man. <laughs> we, we had an unfortunate uh, situation here in the state of Michigan where uh, basically they, they've said that, no, the Republican and it's the House um, and uh, uh, the uh, Senate is is Republican. And they came out and some, somebody I'm acquainted with, uh, this, our state senator came out and said, okay, uh, there was no fraud. And man, did he get hammered in the alternative media? But, uh, 
Yeah, come on. There was there was massive, massive fraud. You, you stop the you stop the counting, and all of a sudden, during the middle of the night, next morning, you can see the graphs go straight up. It's all Joe Biden. Yeah, you know what? We just recently had a recall election here in the state of California. I'm sure you heard about. Oh it. yeah, Newsom. Uh, Governor Newsom. Yeah. And uh, when we were on the air at 8:30 p.m., uh, you know, he was winning by at least 30 percent. So I was telling our folks that listen, I'm like, don't worry. Maybe around two or three o'clock, we'll see that same spike. <laughs> the, other, the other way. <laughs> the other no way. way. Never happened. No. But, uh, it's, it's amazing to me, you know, how we, we've discussed over and over about how the crowds that uh, Biden attracted. I mean, he would have crickets compared to the hundreds of thousands of people that Trump would have attending his rallies. And I mean, hell, Trump has more people show up to his rallies, even if he had one tomorrow, than Biden would ever have. Ever have. Of, of course. What has Biden ever done? He, he, he started running in 1988. And of course, he had to uh, exit because he plagiarized. Uh, some uh, um, speech, some liberal speech in, from Great Britain. And of course, he had to bow out and he kept on going. And somehow they tried to shove him in to bait and switch. It was like, oh, yeah, here's our moderate candidate that will lead America and save us from orange man bad. And then what happens? He comes in and the leftist, far left agenda, the totalitarian agenda is upon us. It was all projection. Trump was the dictator. No, it's the Biden administration and the left. They're totalitarians. I, I cringe at the word liberal because that's a co-opted word to make it seem like, oh, yeah, the left is tolerant and inclusive. No, they're totalitarians. Compared to what we have right now, I would I would be happy with a true liberal than what we have in office and in the administration. Oh, of course, currently. like a like a for instance, President Kennedy, Robert uh, John Kennedy, he was he, he would never he would not be running on the Democratic ticket. Yeah, no it's, way. It's 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 scary times, and you know I, I you know everyone has in the back of their mind who's really running this country because. It's not Biden. It's not Biden. We all know that because, I mean, hell, what president would ever allow anybody in his administration to cut him off three times while he's speaking? If of that, course. You know, if that was Trump and they cut him off, could you imagine what would happen? What would happen? They, 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 would, they would just be talking about how he's losing it. Oh, he's losing it. They'd bring in, they'd bring in the uh, psychological experts who would say, yes, we can tell by his speech patterns and by the way he walks. Well, you could see that in, in Joe Biden, but of course, it, it never is covered. Well, the, the saddest part, aside, aside from us losing our freedoms and liberties and the government being tyrannical, and otherwise it's it's no big deal yeah, right everything is uh, peaches and cream uh, you know and all that yeah. but it, it's it's aside from all that the thing that i hate the most is that biden being the quote unquote leader of our nation to me it's an embarrassment as an american that he represents the people of this country every other country in the world we're the laughing stock Yes, we are. And it's it's one of those things to where I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, you know, Pelosi uh, is might try to, you know, the, the Democrats might try to run him out saying he's incoherent. He's not fit to be president. But you know what the biggest problem to that is, is if 
Kamala Harris, and I cringe sure. to say the name, uh, yes. takes over as president, you know what the biggest, most important thing that they lose is? Is that extra tie-breaking vote. Oh, yes. So, but wouldn't would Pelosi then become uh, the president of the... No, she wouldn't be because she's Congress. Oh, yeah. So that is one of the reasons why I think there's a little hesitancy to get uh, to boot Joe. I think they want to boot Joe. They uh, Good point. But I think they have uh, issues until they can resolve that. But I That's don't a know. really good point. I, I really don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, the guy can barely finish a sentence. And, of course. And... I, I don't, I mean, hell, we might as well try to get, uh, you know, someone crossing the border to uh, help him with his English skills or something. I mean, I don't know. It's, I know. I know. <laughs> well, there, there's the hypocrisy there. So I, an American citizen, I paid taxes all my life and I voted. And by the way, my first election, I voted for George McGovern. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I, I, I'm a convert. Sure. Anyway, I was idealistic, and what did Churchill say? If you're, uh, if you're, uh, um, if you don't, if you're not a liberal at uh, twenty, you don't have a heart. If you're a liberal at fifty, you don't have a brain. Something like that. Anyway, um, so so I, I, I was liberal, and and now I am being attacked. I'm being attacked by the government of the United States, while these illegal aliens do not have any. COVID tests. They are not mandated to get vaccines. So that just shows right here that it's all a sham. It's not about our health. It's not about our health at all. It's about control and nothing else. Nothing else. Well, you know, they, they encourage the migration of all the illegal immigrants because that means uh, they get to cash in uh, come 2022 and 2024. I mean, that's, you know, we all know that's the main premise of that. It has of course. No, it has nothing to do with, oh, the poor people, they need asylum and, and you know, come on in. Because if that were the, if that were the case, then why wasn't the administration so, so accommodating to the Cubans? Right. Oh, yes, because the Cubans are, yeah, they're freedom lovers. And, and of course, in Florida, the Cubans voted for Trump overwhelmingly. Yes. And the administration said, absolutely, you're not welcome here. But Haitians and everybody else from C Central America and south of the border, come on in. We got, do you know, here, at least here in Southern California, the uh, illegal immigrants, they're putting up in country clubs, uh, like nice accommodations, like, that you and I would love to go vacation to. Of course. And, uh, you know, obviously all the freebies that go along with it, food, water, and, uh, you know, I'm sure they, they're getting some cash so they can go out and purchase necessities and whatnot. Meanwhile, the everyday average American, and especially here in San Diego, they kicked out. They booted to the streets. I, and I can't believe this, that they did this, but they kicked out onto the streets, homeless veterans here in San Diego at the convention center, just so they could put migrant children there. That's unreal. It it's unreal. And it's, it just shows it's, it's an attack on our own citizens. It, it really is. Uh, there, gonna, there's, there's a war going on right now. There is. And you know what? And I think, and I hate to say it, but if the, the road, we continue to go down the same road, that this administration, that this current government that is in place is wanting to follow, I think there's going to be a lot more severe issues that come up, and I think it's not going to be pretty. 
No, I, I, I would have to agree. I would have to agree. And I, you know, my wife and I, we tried not to focus on, on that. Right. Because if we stay on, if we focus on that too much, it really can get depressing and frightening, frankly. Yes. That, uh, and you know, God forbid that ever happened. I, I would hope that, uh, you know, and like I said, earlier in our conversation, if citizens of this country, it, it strikes me how, it strikes me how policy can change, how government latches on to someone claiming racism over someone shooting another person dead, and there's riots all across America to where they don't give two shits, excuse the, 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 pun, the, the language, but they don't give two shits that their freedoms and liberties are being taken away right before their very eyes. Yeah, I, I, it, there's still a lot of people that are really asleep. And yeah. I can see that at, at our station. It's like, yeah, they they just obey. They go out right away and took the clot shot. You know, they they kept their masks on all the time. It's it's unbelievable. Well, and and I go back to the whole thing of you know what, I I, I don't uh, you know I don't condone what happened on January sixth by any means. Uh, what happened there was you know to my in my opinion a little uh, you know a little too much. But in the back of my mind, the one thing I do take out of January 6th is that if there's anything positive to take out of January 6th, it should show the American people just as a display that at the end of the day, the American people are in charge of this country and not the damn politicians in Washington. True. But I also look on on that, that that was a, a setup and a trap. That was set by whoever is is uh, behind all of this. It was because there there were there were apparently Antifa people mingled within the crowd. You could see there were photos showed. Oh yeah, that dude. I can't remember. There was there was a, a, a black guy who was who was actually a star athlete who was a member of Antifa. He was there and in collusion with one of the reporters. Yeah. And and they we even we just recently uh, before I was fired. We had a story, and uh, the story was written, the insurrection on January 6th. Insurrection. Come on. Yeah, I'm with you on that. They walked into the Capitol, and the Capitol Police opened up the door and let them in. It was a trap. It was. And, you know, we have, we have, there's plenty of people that are still in prison right now waiting for their, for their hearings, right? Well, it's unfortunate. It's just, un- it's unconscionable that, that this has happened. Well, my other question is, why aren't any of the Capitol Police personnel that were like waving the crowds to come on in, uh, accessory to a crime? I mean, shouldn't they? Be what what about the dude that shot Ashley Babbitt? No, nothing's happened to him at all. <sighs> yeah. What was she doing? What was she doing? I think she crawled into a, a broken window or something. Was it? Wasn't that the case? And that was it. Well, I'm going to go back to Carl. Yeah. If people were on the streets across America protesting that a poor innocent American was shot to death, things would change. And I don't. I you know sometimes you know we we talk about um, how should I say it controversial things on the show, mm-hmm. but I truly feel that there were no charges due to the race of uh, the two individuals involved. Of course. Of course. Because if the role was reversed, I guarantee you there'd be charges against that police officer. 
Well, it, it's the it's the uh, mission of this administration. It's the admission a, a mission of the the government to divide us and to conquer us, and that's what it is. It's on race. Now it's on vaccine status. It's on gender, and probably you could come up with some other points too that they're they're trying to divide us. Yes, that they are, and uh, I I kind of giggle a little bit when you bring up gender because you know there are some people out there that think there's like a hundred genders, but you know, well, not yeah, it's something ridiculous. It's <laughs> like, yeah. anyways, we're gonna take our last time out. Uh, when we come back, Carl, if you don't uh, mind, maybe we could take some questions. I know uh, we have uh, you know producer Eric and uh, Pert, our good friend Pert. We might be around the uh, hallways uh, s- strolling around somewhere. Uh, if you okay. don't mind taking some questions, and uh, we'll come b- right back in about 30 seconds. You're listening right. to a slightly serious show on a Wednesday. Enjoying yourselves? Then please be sure to follow the show on Podbean and many of the other social media platforms, including Twitter at Slightly Serious, Instagram, and Facebook. Our podcasts are also available to download on many different platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and many more. All right. Welcome back. Uh, Producer Eric, are you there with us? Yes, I'm here. Um, and, and I know a subject that we, we added as like a, like a talking point. Um, we, we, of course, look, look at national media like your Fox News, your CNN and, and MSNBC and how they are towing such radical like political narratives in their, in, in their daily news presentations. But I think over the last decade, and I'm sure you have probably bared witness to this, Carl, that um, like local media conglomerates have now entered into this trend, you know, of you know buying up other local media conglomerates and and growing even bigger. Um, like like in your case, Great Television, which is in the process of acquiring the Meredith Corporation Group, and then you're probably familiar with other names like Sinclair Broadcast Group and Nextar Media Group, among oh, yeah. others. Sinclair um, um, owned us before before Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, while while you know that they might see this as being good for business, I think the bigger question is 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 this truly good for democracy? You know, for these local media conglomerates to be getting so big, owning hundreds of TV stations like they're doing. And do you see this trend getting any better or getting worse? Oh, it's, it's, it's getting worse. And it doesn't matter. Now it doesn't matter. CNN, MSNBC, uh, Fox, they basically have the same narrative. And there are certain things that aren't covered. For instance, the main narrative is the vaccine is safe and effective. Well, again, just like the story I related from that uh, local nurse, it it's not necessarily safe and effective. And we don't know the uh, long-term um, side effects, what's going to happen. There were, it, was rushed to, it was rushed to market. And I believe, this is my opinion, that Trump made a big mistake by touting the vaccine. I think he even called it the beautiful vaccine. He even referred to it as the Trump scene. I think that's a big mistake because this series of injections uh, if you listen to, for instance, the uh, main guy who was the uh, uh, head of uh, the science at uh, Pfizer, Michael Yeadon, Dr. Michael Yeadon, he yes. has a higher prediction that uh, there's going to be mass, massive deaths coming up because of this. I, I certainly hope he's wrong, but these there's more than uh, one expert. Robert Malone 
the doctor who actually uh, supposedly invented the mRNA technology, he says the same thing. And you bring uh-huh. uh, uh, Dr. Uh, I think it's Dr. Yeadon. Yes. Uh, what he expressed was if people were not getting their top up shots every eight months, they, his uh, prediction was that people would start begin dying. Yeah. So in other words, they have to keep on keep on getting another shot and another shot and another shot and hope that that what what what's the purpose of that you're going to keep on injecting these spike proteins into into people's bodies? Yeah, I don't understand the premise of why he's making that prediction or assumption. Uh, but I mean, when I hear that coming from someone who was the topic, one of the top executives at Pfizer, uh, that's kind of alarming to me. Oh, that's that's definitely alarming. Yeah. And we we have we have a a friend who uh, is a masseuse and she's sensitive and she says whenever she is with somebody who has been recently vaccinated, she she feels ill. And we also have somebody in our group. Uh, he was a business owner. He had a body shop for forty years here in the Upper Peninsula. Uh, he uh, happened to drive with his best friend who had just gotten vaxxed. He came back home. Uh, his name is Mike, and he had all the symptoms of COVID. Crazy. And, um, and, so, I, and I know like one more point I'm going to also make in, in like my me- media matters talking point, um, you know, and, you know, and there used to be a time, you know, we, we used to have a thing in local media called the Faradist doctrine. And, and there used to be a time when journalists, um, even though like the news business is, Mostly liberal because even me and James have a, a good friend, Arch Kennedy, who used to be a television weather forecaster in southeastern TV markets. And he um, shared his experience in a previous appearance on our show about how, you know, it, it's like the news business is on steroids. And um, and I happen to think about a legendary news anchor woman down in Miami, you know, God rest and Bishop soul. And, um, you know, and I like this one thing she had said in an interview back in 1985. All the people. It's just young people. But the key to that is to have people who are in supervisory positions. That's pretty unaudible, Eric. Yeah. I'm going to try again. Um, I, I do apologize. Um, See young people's business. Kind of pretty All unlawful. of the reporters are young. The producers are young. The photographers are young. It's just a young person's business. I don't know if I'm make but the key to that is to have people who are in supervisory positions who have a little more maturity. I think that's one of the weaknesses of television. That there's not enough maturity in the management position. Young people are very good at what they do, and they're quickly promoted. And it takes it takes a little seasoning. I, I don't mention it very often because I think people think that I'm saying it because I've been in the business as long as I have. But there's a certain sensitivity, and there's a certain understanding of the human being that only comes with age. Youth is impatient. Youth is sometimes callow and insensitive. You have to live a while. You have to take a few knocks yourself. Have a little heartbreak before you understand what it's like for somebody else. And I, I thought that right there was a very interesting statement she made back then. Um, and back then, you used to think of the news business as synonymous with, like, Edward R. Murrow and um, 
Paul Harvey and you know and other legends to have graced the business, including like Chet Huntley and David Brinkley, among others. Right. Uh, for instance, Walter Cronkite. He was he, he leaned left, but he didn't show it on the air. Mm-hmm. You know now now it's now it's like a it's not necessarily news anymore. With with uh, the local station I worked at, uh, the the anchors. Uh, are come across as neutral, but it's it's the subjects that are covered and the way they are covered that uh, makes me cringe. Eric, do you have uh, any other questions for our friend Carl? Well, n- n- nothing else I could think about, but I just wanted to get those like points across. Like, um, and if Pertwee and Jeremy would like to also contribute, um, they're more than welcome to. Yes. Yeah. Hurt. Welcome, uh, welcome to the show. I uh, appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, did you have uh, a few yeah, questions? Yeah. Any any questions for our? Yeah. Hey, Carl. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay, slightly. Yes. Okay. Hey, Carl. I was wondering. Before this, did the station ever have any other kind of mandates, such as it was a, a rule if you did come in sick with any other illness, you had to go home? Anything like that, or this is just like the first time they've come up with something it to was- prevent sickness from before this this uh this uh you know nuclear mandate came out about vax or you're fired we had a mandate that you had to walk in and get uh your temperature checked every day well the first day that i knew that was going into effect i actually rang the doorbell um and uh because i thought i would be met and i would get my temperature checked there was a big sign up you would need to get your temperature checked there was never once our temperatures were checked and, and but that was enacted to, because of COVID, right? Right, right. And I never, I never okay. wore a mask in the station until my news director said, "Just put it around your neck, you know. Just put it on, just you know, because uh, some some of the employees, I guess, were scared of me or something that I might, you know. That's another <laughs> lie that asymptomatic spread. That if you're not sick, that you can still infect somebody. When in the history of disease has that ever been the case? Not that I can think. Yeah, of. right, right. And it's well, a question that I always have, and, and the, the, nobody answers them. Of course, it's no. We just uh, follow the rules. Follow the rules. Well, and and I keep saying, you know, I I would respect them and listen to them better if CDC and government would just come out and say, look, we don't know what the hell's going on. This is our best guess about the situation. If we figure out something or think something's different, we'll let you know. But when they come out and pretty much just say unequivocally, without a doubt, this is what you must do. This is what's happening. These are the consequences. And then in less than 24 hours time, do a complete 180 on that. That's where I start having a really big problem with even believing anything they say. You know, So you really got to do your own research on the whole matter. And you got to follow whatever protocol you, know, you think protects you best in this situation. Time and time, we, we've kind of gone back to the whole AIDS pandemic or epidemic when that came out. They didn't lock us in our home. They didn't tell us we couldn't go out and do business as normal. They didn't tell everybody, hey, you, you got to wear a condom on your, your wiener at all times. They said, know your partner, have safe sex, protect yourself, and be careful. It was protect yourself. It was your responsibility to take care of yourself. So, you know, the, the mandate with the shot, I work for a company that's large enough that when this goes down... If I want to keep my job, I'm going to have to get the shot. They've already told us, hey, we're abiding by the federal government's rule. So I'm hoping all this litigation, everything gets started and holds all that up before it comes down as mandatory. Um, right. One of the other questions I had for you, Carl, too, 
I, I'm assuming it's a news station, correct? So you would at time have guests coming in uh, for a panel or for interviews or, or whatever have you. Were they ever required to have the COVID shot prior to entering the building? No. And, and or just employees? Since this pandemic occurred, uh, I don't remember having guests in, in the studio. And now with this mandate, any guests that come in are going to have to show proof of vaccination, which is, again, this is the, this is, you have to, the vaccine passport thing, which by the way, Naomi Wolf, she's warned about this. This is, I, I mentioned her earlier, the end of freedom, the end of America. Uh, she says that's just mm-hmm. the first step. What will happen afterwards is that they could put your uh, banking information on what you purchase. Uh, of course, all your health records, you can uh, get your blood pressure. And it, you don't even have to go to the doctor anymore. And it'll be eventually just like communist China, your social credit score, whether you can actually uh, participate in society. That's the extreme. And that's the danger. Well, and, and Biden administration is already pushing to get banks to report on any tra- transactions of $600 or more. Forget the 10000 Now they're going for $600 and more. Really? So, you know, I, I can see it going that way. Yeah, I, I was reading a report on that about a week ago. They're pushing for that. And, and they're trying to catch all the, the, the cryptocurrency and, and everything. Um, I do know that eBay, for example, they're going off. It's pretty soon completely going off the PayPal system to where you have to have your bank account linked to your account on eBay so that they have better reporting. Yeah, they've and I and I can and that's, test, that's test scary. they've already done that with me at least. Uh, so that, and, that has already happened, okay. Yeah, that has already happened. So, if you uh, have an eBay account, you have to give them all your entire checking account and bank information and uh, it's it's pretty crazy. And, and speaking of, you know, so, uh, masks and stuff like that, don't, the other thing that kind of add, add on to what Pert was saying, and that is, don't you find it weird or, you know, if it's so important for employers to make sure that their staff are all vaccinated and mandated to that to be so, you know, in New York and in California, there's exemptions for, you know, the big name pop stars, movie stars and all that. I mean, what makes them so better than just you and I? Well, that's, yeah, it's you know, it comes down to it's the elite. The elite uh, don't have to follow the rules. Uh, did you see the uh, uh, the Met uh, Gala and uh, AOC was uh, dressed in this custom gown? And uh, so they're all unmasked, but all the uh, waiters and waitresses and uh, servers, they all had masks on. It, it's so, so it's like two different classes of people. Yes, exactly. It's, it's the, the cool. Grammys or whatever the Academy Award show was over the weekend was the same way that they just had. Right. And, and I, I just love it. When yeah. It's just about how the, how the uh, ratings crash and, and, and things like uh, the Grammys and the Oscars, it's a new low and it, the, every year it's been decreasing. I, I love it. Holly woke. Forget yeah, Holly woke. There you that's <laughs> Or Holly weird as we all call it. Pert, do you have any other questions for Carl? No, I think that'll do it for me. All right. Thank you, though. No problem. Thanks, Carl. Appreciate it.
All right. Thank you. And I think uh, the last uh, person I have for you, Carl, that has a, might have a few questions is our good friend from Alabama. His name is Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Cummings. Uh, he has his own podcast and uh, he has a couple of questions for you. Jeremy, are you there? Yeah. What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, so you have a couple of questions for our friend, Carl? Yeah, Carl. I got, uh, first off, I've really enjoyed you being on here and James, you've done a wonderful job with this. Um, but my first question is, I've got three and my third one's a joke, but, um, my, my first one is, is that I've been told by several people like local weather people, I should say, because you can't say weather man because everybody freaks out because, oh, they got women too. But, um, they, they, they tell me that sometimes they're forced to play up the weather to draw in ratings. Have you, have you ever encountered that? Yeah. You know, it, we now we now have uh, much more when i when i first started back in 88 they never even went on for severe thunderstorms that's the way it was at the small market station and the first time i wanted to go on it was like um you better record it because we don't want you to just go on and and all of a sudden uh, you something happens and there's a mistake or something so that's the way it started and through time we've had better better technology it's great but we've also had more of yes, let's uh, let's let's uh, kind of uh, hit this hard, and it hasn't been extreme. But I've noticed over time that it has become uh, the case where we play up stuff, and I, I can't stand it. We were even talking about we never have because COVID came along. We were talking about actually flagging like it's 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 a red flag. Two days from now, there could be this this big big storm coming in. So you get a red flag to do it with the weather. People will watch the weather no matter what, because especially up here, it's important and, and uh, it can change very quickly. So we don't have to hype it, but there's been that tendency, yes, for that to happen, even in a small market like this. Now, quick question for you, Carl, with, with, with the, you know, Weather persons, I guess, as Jeremy would like to call them, <laughs> sure. with meteorologists, uh, kind of over exaggerating it for the ratings and stuff like that. Do you feel that it might uh, give uh, you know the average day person watching the weather uh, maybe less confidence in what uh, is being told to them? Sure, that that's the danger. If you you're saying, "Oh, here comes this big storm," and it doesn't pan out, you know, three days from now, yeah, then your credibility is going to go down. So. It's like I've all I was always trying to be a little bit low key, and whenever, to be honest with you, whenever I went extreme, let's say with snowfall amounts up here, mm -hmm. most often we never really reached those those uh, those excessive amounts that I was going for. So I've always tried to temper my uh, excitement a little bit. Gotcha, uh, Jeremy. Uh, your next question, my friend. Um, yeah, we have a guy down here in Alabama named James Spann. He became a little nationally known because of his uh, views on climate change. I was just wondering, what were your thoughts on that? And did you do you do you even know what I'm talking about? Yes, I, I know, and I I know of James Spann also. And uh, back when it was really hot, I I never really said anything. But then I was dragged to watch a uh, an inconvenient truth. And after that. I, I couldn't keep silent anymore. And I started posting. And there was one time, it was back in 09, I 
And uh, our congressman at the time, who was a Democrat, I wrote him. And then I got the form letter back, of course, that, you know, we're very concerned. We're working on all the solutions, blah, blah, blah. Then I wrote him back and I put it all on the TV6 website. That was before uh, Facebook. And uh, it really caused a firestorm. And later on, uh, my news director called me in and said, and he, he didn't he didn't come down and threaten me, but he just said, you know, um, this this uh, congressman has been really kind to us, and yeah, he probably should take a little bit easy on him, you know. And <laughs> it's like, yeah. So there there was a firestorm, and I never really wanted to get into the debate because I'm not I'm not gonna I don't get into arguing, and that's one of the reasons why I was reluctant to take this stand, but. I, I felt that I had to because, again, we're at the precipice, I believe, here in America. So I did. So I'm kind of the poster boy, at least um, the first the, this first week or so. Things are beginning to die down, but I guess I'm the poster boy for the unemployed, longtime employee who was axed only because he wouldn't get the shot. And, uh, Jeremy, uh, your your last question, my friend. Here we go. (laughs) Carl, here's the big one. Did we go to the moon? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I believe we went to the moon. And I have to I have to admit, like one of my favorite programs is Ancient Aliens on the History Channel. And, you know, a lot of times I roll my eyes because I mean. Was Leonardo da Vinci, can't you just be a genius, a human genius? Do you have to be uh, directed by ancient aliens too? But I, I enjoy the program. I think it's fun. It's entertainment. And I, I like to get some facts and have, have my mind stretched a little bit. So I, I enjoy that. But yes, I do believe we did go to the moon. Well, I did I think like when you're talking about ancient aliens and stuff like that, I get what you're saying about how you feel that it's, it's a like good comedy a, series. It's it, well, it, it, it's like uh, how how can Da Vinci just not be a smart human? I think they get to the point where they're almost creating a religion, and they don't even realize it. I think that's where they're headed with it, and they just don't realize it. Well, here here's here's the uh, COVID cult. The the uh, uh, uniform is the mask. And the uh, ritual is the jab. Yeah, that, that right makes there. a lot of sense right there. All right, Jeremy. Well, I appreciate you calling in uh, with your questions and all that good stuff. Uh, you're more than welcome to hang out. Uh, I, before we get to part, because I know he has, a, has another question, but I, I would like your stance on what you feel about climate change. Is, uh, in your opinion, is climate change, uh, are we, in your opinion, as uh, human beings, uh, adding to it, or is the, the change in climate just a natural phenomenon that happens over the centuries? You know, there's so much we don't know yet about climate. And to think that we are dominating and, and we are controlling it, carbon dioxide is a very small constituent in the atmosphere, even with our added carbon dioxide. and there, there's, there's been studies to show that the theory has already been debunked because what you were supposed to get in the, uh, in the equatorial atmosphere was you were supposed to get uh, uh, more moisture up in the higher levels, which, which hasn't happened. And I believe, I believe that while we do have an effect on the climate, certainly uh, regionally, locally, uh, you, 
you cover a city with pavement and uh, you have a, a, a bunch of buildings, yes, you are going to create an urban heat island that affects temperatures in the local region. But to say that we are now controlling the weather and that we're heading toward Armageddon because of uh, because we uh, use energy, it's absurd. The natural cycles, the oceans and so on, are definitely control the thermostat of the earth. Gotcha. And That's my my uh, opinion. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, and and you know what? I, I've been told, because I'm not a climate scientist, don't listen to this guy because <laughs> he's just a weatherman. But you don't have to. You can look at the science and you can be a reasonably educated person who thinks critically. And you can look at the data and you can say, uh, this does not make sense. Uh, what about the natural cycles? And there's many, many scientists who uh, I've gone to, for instance, the Heartland uh, Climate Change Conference. That's uh, the Skeptical Climate Change Conference. I went to one of them and it was great to meet some of these people and get uh, their perspective. But they are not in the mainstream because they're uh, theories about natural climate change being the dominant factor, they are ignored. Yeah, one of the things that I, I don't rely on, you know, uh, you know, they like to base things off science, right? Well, scientists can manipulate a, a study any which way they want just to get the results that they want. So to me, I find it very difficult always to believe what these scientific reports come out about. Sure, especially especially if they're touting the agenda, for instance, that uh, we are we are to blame for every natural disaster that happens. Uh, I love to point out uh, weather history. In fact, my book was on weather history, weather stories, and the 1930s. That was extreme weather. We had in in the upper Midwest and in, in the central portion of the country, we had the just a severe, severe winter in uh, 1936. Then it was just after July the 4th in 1936 that the greatest heat wave ever east of the Rockies occurred. There are records that are still standing for all time high temperatures in most of the states east of the Rockies that happened in the summer of 1936. And here in the Upper Peninsula, uh, there's one town, Iron Mountain. They have seven uh, seven consecutive records in a row that are still on the books from 1936. All the temperatures in that week were 100 degrees or above, and one of the days was 99 degrees. Now that's amazing. They haven't had a uh, 90 100 degree temperature since uh, 06, and before that it was 1955. So talk about extremes. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, just uh, continue to spew out whatever you want just to advance your agenda is the way I look at it, especially when we're on the brink of spending hundreds of billions of dollars for the quote unquote, the Green New Deal that, you know, our fabulous Congresswoman uh, AOC uh, is right. wanting to. Endorse. Well, here's the way I look at it. The climate change or global warming, it was a uh, brought about or instituted this is way back you've heard of the club of rome they came out with the let's let's what about climate change we can we can then control the people if we say that there's a armageddon down the road that we have to uh cut back we have to uh control society and suppress them well 
that really doesn't work because you take news polls and climate change is always at the bottom of people's concerns. However, this agenda, COVID-19, a virus that could kill you immediately, this agenda has worked perfectly. Yeah, it definitely has. It's unfortunate, but it has worked into their hands. And uh, that's that's another reason why, you know, in the back of my mind, it, uh, unfortunately, it really seems like it's been uh, something that was manufactured uh, on purpose. For what reasons particularly, who knows? But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it was definitely something manufactured in a lab. Uh, Pert, for sure. Pert, I know you had one last question uh, that came to your mind. Yeah, this is just curiosity. I want to see how well-known uh, the person I'm going to ask about is known by his peers in the field. Um, Carl, do you know the name Justin Mosley? Um, no, I don't know Justin Mosley. Okay. He was, he was a meteorologist down in South Florida that kind of went viral over a uh, cockroach going onto the green screen, and he just had a fit about it. And I was just curious. <laughs> yes, I think I saw that. that I think I remember, remember that, that too. clip. Uh, oh, my God. I don't know. I just curious. It was a funny moment. I just, I was just thinking about yeah, that. No, I, I had a I had a Facebook when we, I was first learning the technology of going Facebook Live on our Facebook page at the station, and I ended up uh, uh, using a number of obscenities, and uh, I didn't know I was it was going live. It, it went viral. <laughs> oh my god! But because of Facebook, and it was. The F FCC didn't come down on us, and basically, in yeah. fact, I gained more more friends. Not as much as this incident, but I uh, gained like forty one friends. What well, I was going to ask if you had an incident? No, yeah. All I had to do was, to do was apologize oh, that's on good. Facebook, and that was it. Oh, that doesn't that doesn't work anymore these days. <laughs> Honeybee, no. Hold hold on, a second slightly, Honeybee. Are you saying the clip of Carl is still out there? Where he's cussing on Facebook? It's you, you, if you put in a, if you put in a weatherman swearing, I think it'll, it'll come up. <laughs> yeah, she says it's still out there somewhere. We'll ha we'll have to uh, come up with that, and uh, sh that, that's pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, I guess I have two last questions for you, Carl. Number one, yep. uh, you know how uh, President, former President Trump, has a lawsuit against the big tech over censorship and their efforts to repeal Section Two Thirty. Do you think that's going to go anywhere? And do you think that's something that's needed? Oh, of course, it's needed. Will it go anywhere? I'm I'm skeptical now of almost anything um, that's supposedly somehow we're going to be saved. Is there anything anybody that's going to save us? I'm not sure. I know I, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Reiner Fumick, uh, Germany. He's he's a lawyer who's taken on some some of the big corporations. He's apparently working with a group of lawyers, and they want to get tribunals that are going to be suing governments across the world for uh, what they've done to the economy and what they've done to the people. He calls it the greatest uh, crime against humanity of all time. Yeah. So well, the, first, but, the first government, then who's going to hear it? Who's going to hear this well, tribunal? The, the first government that needs to be held accountable is China for releasing this virus across the world. Well, right. In collusion, well, with uh, the uh, funding from uh, the United States. Yeah. No, 100 percent of that. And then the, the last question, tomorrow we're supposed to get, uh, you know, audit results from Maricopa over in Arizona. Um, what, what do you think? Uh, the, I've been saying even if we find that in Arizona there was fraud 
okay, uh, they're going to show us that there was fraud. What, do you, what are they going to do about it? I don't know. But I, I talked, in fact, that I'm doing an interview tomorrow with uh, Right Side. And uh, the, the guy I was talking to said, and he's got kind of a pulse on Arizona. He said that uh, apparently they're going to decertify uh, the uh, election for Joe Biden. Interesting. You, That's what he do, says. Do you personally so think will, will that start the domino effect? Well, maybe, maybe I, I pray it will, but will it? I don't know. Gotcha. Well, I, I don't know. I, in the back of my mind, I don't feel like anything's going to happen. Uh, maybe that's just the pessimist side of me, or maybe it's just the realist in me seeing what's happened over the past you know, 10 months now. Of but, course. Uh, we'll see what happens with that when the word comes out tomorrow out of Arizona. Uh, I know we have uh, Honeybee uh, in chat. She, she's asking, if you are familiar with Cheryl Atkinson's lawsuit against the DOJ for computer intrusion, I am not familiar. I'm familiar with Cheryl Atkinson, not this particular uh, suit. No. Gotcha. All right. Well, I hope that answers your question there, Honeybee. Uh, Carl, I, I do want to appreciate. I do want to tell you, I, I appreciate your time that you spent with us. You're always more than welcome. If there's anything you'd like to promote, if you have a book that's out that you'd like to promote uh, on our show, you're more than welcome to do that. I'm utmost grateful for your time with us tonight, and uh, you always have an extended invite to always come on as a guest on our show. Well, I appreciate it, James. Is there any final words that you, uh, you would have for us, Carl? Well, I, I say let's hang tough. We are um, strong in numbers and we have to lift each other up and encourage each other that uh, there's still hope. And that's all we have. And, and we are strong in numbers and can identify each other and we need to do that. And, uh, I just hope and pray it's not too late. That's uh, very wise words uh, that you had for us. And uh, Carl, I appreciate you sharing your story with, with us tonight. And uh, I do hope that you have a bright future ahead of you. And you. Uh, God bless you, my friend. And uh, hopefully we'll keep in touch and uh, see how things come out for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. All right. That, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was Carl Bonak, and uh, we appreciate him joining us tonight. I'm going to go around the uh, around with uh, producer Eric and uh, Pert for some final thoughts on tonight's show, and uh, we'll uh, conclude and come back here again tomorrow night at 6.30 Pacific Time, 9.30 Eastern Time. Uh, producer Eric, thoughts, final thoughts tonight? Well, um, th this certainly was a, a very great show, of course, and we, we we certainly appreciated um, Carl extending the invitation. And of course, and I know you slightly definitely appreciate me um, really moving mountains to help make this possible. And, um, but we'll like, but we've even also appreciate previous guests. We've been fortunate enough to have on like Neil Crabtree, Michael Baca and Anthony Carbonaro and the gentleman from the free think Institute. And um, ho hopefully we, plan on working on getting some more interesting people lined up very soon. And in case anybody missed this episode live, this episode will be published in its entirety in audio form via Podbean, Spotify, Pandora, Google, and Apple podcast. Um, and anywhere you can find audio podcast. And this video will also version will also be uploaded to rumble as well. That it will. And uh, thank you again, Eric, for putting this together for this evening. I appreciate that. And, uh, Hurt. Any final thoughts as we uh, head out for the evening? 
Yeah, I just want to let you know I ran into somebody today slightly. If we have a flood and you need an ark, you know, to save two of every animal, I know oh, a guy. Oh, do you? Who is it? Oh, you missed that one, didn't you? I know a <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was a little slow on that one tonight. The majority of them I right away, Bert. Come on, give me some credit. Unbelievable. Come on. <laughs> Anyways. All right, ladies and gentlemen, have a nice rest of your Wednesday evening. We'll see you back here tomorrow night, 6.30, 9.30 Eastern Time. Make sure you check us out over on the Twitter of the Twatter at Slightly Serious and in addition to our website, SlightlyShow.com and make sure you I don't know. What else is there? I don't know. Check out uh, if you need some CBD to relax or whatever, you can always go to vaporinvasion.com with the checkout code of slightly to get 20% off any of your CBD or nicotine products. Until tomorrow night, God bless and God bless America and stay safe. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to tonight's show. Not all content is endorsed by Slightly. However, if you'd like to contact me for any reason, email us over at slightlyseriousshow at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. Don't forget to share the show and help us grow our audience. And remember, we mean that in the most serious way. Until the next time, good night, everybody. And remember, I love you. And I love your show. 